What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we are just over a week away from the early signing day. We'll talk all things SEC recruiting with our insider, Brian Smith. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn uh, dot, or LinkedIn Jobs. Go check out LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Also presented to you by our friends at FanDuel. Uh, make every moment more right on new customers. Get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. If your team wins, that's FanDuel.com slash on to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers coming back and checking us out every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. All right, Brian, we mentioned it. We are just over a week away uh, from the uh, uh, national signing day. Look, they call it the early signing day. This is where you're signing 80, 90% of your class anyway. 98. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It, I don't know why. I Googled the other day. I Googled when is national signing day. It was like February. I'm like, stop. Like, give me the real signing day. This is the real signing day. But December uh, 20th is the real signing day, period. <laughs> But a busy time of year, man, and tons of stuff to discuss with you. It's been a while since we chatted. I want to start here. The biggest name, the the, the number one recruit in, in a lot of different rankings and number one quarterback, Dylan Rayola, um, you know, was has been committed to Georgia, was once an Ohio State commit, decommitted, and has been committed to Georgia for going on a year now. But now there are some rumblings. Uh, you know, Steve, Steve Woltfong throwing out there, he's flipping his crystal ball to Nebraska and a lot of people think he could make the flip to Nebraska. Of course, the connections, his dad played there, his uncle's a coach there. A lot of connections there, but, man, what a time for Georgia to lose one of their big-time recruits here just a week out. A couple of things here. Number one, Will Fong isn't going to switch it unless he knows something. Uh, I know Steve, and he's not, he's not any dummy. Two, if this is happening this late in the process, something is, that we don't know about is going on, for whatever reason, and I have no idea before anybody asks, uh, Kirby doesn't get caught with his pants down very often. Like, it's extremely rare. So we'll get into the, the other kid they have committed at quarterback in a second, but I'm not as concerned about it as most others. And it, I think it's pretty obvious that he's going to go to Nebraska. He's going to visit there next weekend, et cetera. But at the same time, don't feel sorry for the Bulldogs. Um, they have a big-time quarterback also committed besides Rayola and Paglusi. They have good kids on the roster, and that offense has been clicking. Everybody's like, oh, they lost their quarterback last year. They come out and they throw for 320 yards a game this year. So ease up on the Bulldogs, and they've got a pretty good player. So I don't know why, though. I don't know why now and all that. Again, I'm sure everybody wants to know that backstory. That's not something. I just found out about it last night. I'm sure we'll hear something soon enough. Well, and it, and it makes sense. I mean, they lose Brock Vandergriff, and we'll talk about him a little bit later going to Kentucky. Uh, but you have Gunnar Stockton, and you have Carson Beck potentially coming back for another year. So, you know, in this day and age, you know, there, there is no three, four quarterbacks on your roster anymore. It's it's no. it's transfer portal, man. You got your starter, and you got your future starter. And that's it. Like, you, you don't have room to have three, four guys because they're all going to be looking for other opportunities. You might have another guy on there, but it's either a guy that's just looking to end up coaching 
somebody who just got there is redshirting or something like that, but an actual viable option, yeah, you're 100%. The ones that have more than two are the exception, not the rule. The old, old rule was you had to have at least four quarterbacks on the roster and all that. Well, 1981 is over. Right. Uh, those days, you know what I mean? Like kids have zero patience. Some of the best kids I've ever been around that are quarterbacks or families and all that, super great. They go to a school, big box school, Georgia, whatever. If they're not looking at a possibility of being the starter in year two, they go. Yeah, and look at, it's, I mean, look at Ole Miss. I, Spencer Sanders goes there and holds a clipboard all year. I mean, it's, you know, it's. <laughs> that's the, That was one of the weirder ones. But Lane Kiffin and Weird go together. So I don't, I still don't <laughs> know why Spencer made that selection, but whatever. The point is still the same. Very few schools are in that boat. And Lane's a great, great quarterback coach. That's not really debatable. But that, again, that's not going to happen in very many places. So, like, look at Florida's situation. Look at Florida State's situation. You know, that, that that game they played at the end of the year, I mean, you got backups in there and, like, had barely played. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's the problem with quarterback depth in college football as a whole. I want to uh, I want to jump over to to Alabama. There's a five star wide receiver for the class of 2025, Ryan Williams, who is news this week is he's going to reclassify and head to Alabama next season. I've heard this kid's the real deal, like 5,000 all purpose yards in uh, in high school. Um, I mean, it, it's it's so weird to me. I guess kids are just smarter these days and they can test out of classes. But I couldn't imagine me being a high school junior going, hey, you want to just skip your senior year? I'd be like, no, I want to go on my senior trip and do all these things. But uh, sounds like a real to- a big time weapon they could be adding to this class, which would make it even more special for Bama, right? Well, he's a 10, 300 meter kid. Um, that was like as a sophomore and he wasn't healthy. Like his speed is way different. Uh, I met with Ryan a couple weeks ago and I, I know him a little bit from Under Armour events and stuff like that. He's as fast as it gets. I was at the Alabama state championships. He had four touchdowns, two receiving one rushing uh, why they kicked him the ball. I have no idea. <laughs> that was a terrible decision. He scored on that. Uh, he's just an electric player. Auburn is still after him. Uh, Texas where his high school buddy and, and teammate are, are is committed at quarterback KJ Lacey. So I assume he's going to go to Bama, but there's still recruitment, and he's not going to sign, from what I know, until February. Out of everybody we talk about between now and that other national signing day, Ryan Williams will be definitively the top of that board. Because even though we changed classes, I think number 14 is where 247 placed him, and he moved up a class, 14 overall. <laughs> like He is a complete difference maker. He was Alabama State Player of the Year as a sophomore. That had never happened in that state before. What does that tell you? Yeah. So Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow was looking at him going, hey man, we didn't really have an alpha receiver this year coming next year. He could be the number be one next guy. year. Uh, how about it's Mississippi State? I, I I love the hire of Jeff Levy. I mean, I think this is catch a rising star. Like he's had great offenses at Oklahoma and you know, he's just been a been such a good offensive mind. And Mississippi State, they're gonna lose Will Rogers to the portal as you know, rumor that he could end up at Washington, go to, you know, he's going to pull the Bo Nix route, go jump to the Pac-12, get out of the SEC. But uh, Michael Van Buren, four-star quarterback in this upcoming class out of the Maryland area, was committed to Oregon, decommitted, and now he's going to Mississippi State. I mean, this this guy sounds like, and they're bringing in Blake Shapin from uh, Baylor, so it sounds like it's going to be Blake Shapin and Michael Van Buren. Um, This guy sounds like a guy who fits Lebby's scheme. Do you know anything about Michael Van Buren, and could he be the starter next year, or will it probably be Blake Shapin next year for Jeff Lebby? 
I think Shapin will be the quarterback next year. Uh, he's a kid I'm writing about right now on Auburn Daily. He's a really good football player. Uh, Auburn and other schools would have done pretty good to get him, by the way. But anyway, Mississippi State's gain here is a guy that knows how to distribute, over 60% passer, started for a couple of years, only played eight games, I believe, this past season, but he's, he's a good player. He'll do well in Levy's RPO-heavy system. Van Buren played at St. Francis, one of the best programs in the United States, out in Baltimore, run-pass guy, not the biggest quarterback, but he fits kind of the Spencer Sanders mold in terms of his style of play. He'll make some really big plays with his feet in and out of the pocket, and he'll take off too. So I think Levy wants somebody that's mobile long-term. I, I really think that's a good pickup with Van Buren. Yeah, and, and he's got to – I mean, he's been on the job two weeks. you got to hit the ground running and start getting those quarterback commits if you're that offensive-minded oh, coach. Uh, Florida is set to host their uh, five-star quarterback commit, DJ Lagway, one more time before signing day. And I just kind of wanted to get your vibe. I mean, with all the negativity around Billy Napier and the Gators and how they finished the season and all that, um, can they at least feel good about this class is going to finish top five and DJ Lagway is not going to get the wandering eye? He's going to be on campus and all that? No. <laughs> Straight up, absolutely, unequivocally not. Um, Texas A&M met with Lagway already. Um, I'd heard there was some rumors about him looking around after the way their class has been collapsing, especially on the defensive side of the ball. There are a lot of concerns. They may not end up in the top 10, maybe not in the top 12. Amiris and a few of the other guys on the D-line, they already lost Devontae Waller, etc. There are problems in Gainesville. They might get some kids, too, still. I mean, it's still Florida. That's one of the best jobs in college football, great campus, tradition, the swamp, all that. But right now they are taking on water. So if they finish in the top ten, that would exceed my expectations. One, one more for you here this segment. Um, thoughts on AM? I mean, Mike Elko comes in, and, man, it's it's damage control from, from day one, <laughs> not just keeping the guys who are currently on the roster, but having to get this recruiting class in, in shape. And I get – NIL promises made and all that kind of stuff, but like, uh, how much work has Mike Elko had had the last few weeks, and how much is ahead of him to solidify this class? Uh, if you're a, a big booster of A and M, put on your headphones and do not listen to the following. You will be angry, but it's still true. Their investment is not going to be short term. Uh, that money in that 22 class that'll be juniors, a bunch of those are gutted and gone, and in particular. Walter Nolan, who I'm sure you've talked about on this show, he's in the portal. But the recruiting side is iffy, too, because they've had 70 commitments that I know of. There could be others that aren't public yet from the 2024 class, which was a top 10 class at one point. That's tough. Part of it, you know what? Elko was at Duke. You know, it's the, he doesn't have the same relationship with some of these kids. It's going to be a couple of years. He's a really good coach. But it's going to be a couple of years, and they're going to lose some more kids. They're trying to get some of the guys like Lagway. How they finish this class is anybody's guess. New coaches on the staff, all the negativity around. Your your guess is good as mine, but that's another program taking on some water right now, my friend. We want to thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some of the quarterbacks all in the portal. It is craziness out there. We're going to talk about with Brian Smith here in just a sec. Well, first, I want to remind you guys, this episode presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Look, as the weather continues to get colder, the NFL offers are staying red hot over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 
if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. Wide range of betting options up there from spreads, player props, over-unders. All of it is there for you. And, of course, all the bowl action as well. For those college fans out there, you can get in on the bowl action and get your bets there. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and continue this NFL season with our friends at FanDuel. They are the official partner of the NFL. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Sign up on your desktop, and they'll go download the app and get going today with FanDuel. All right, jumping back into it with our buddy Brian Smith, our recruiting insider here on Locked On. And, Brian, um, I, we got to get to some of the latest on the transfer portal news when it comes to quarterbacks. It seems like that is the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest topic out there. I mean, tons of different guys' positions. There's DBs, there's receivers and all this, but quarterbacks are what matter the most. And we just saw the Heisman ceremony, Brian, three quarterbacks up there who were all transfer portal guys, Jane Daniels, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, so let's let's dive into. I want to get your thoughts first on two of the guys that are coming to the SEC. Uh, well, Brock Vandergriff was already at Georgia, but he's going to Kentucky, presumably going to be the starter there. Uh, how good can he be in year one? And then this week we saw Taylor Green from Boise State just won what WAC Conference Championship Player of the Year, going to Arkansas, a dual threat runner and passer. Looks like he fits Bobby Petrino's scheme really well. But what do you make of Taylor Green at Arkansas and Brock Vandergriff at Kentucky? Well, let's start with Vandegriff. He was a five-star coming out of high school, Prince Avenue Christian, just right down the road from Athens. I uh, know him, him, his dad. Great kid. He just never won the job at Georgia. He's only got 21 career passes as a dog. Big arm, mobile. He's got the size that you're looking for. But at the same time, he doesn't have much experience. This will be his fourth year removed from high school. I'm curious to see what the Kentucky offense does. With Vandergriff, are they going to let him just do a lot of RPOs and keep it simple? But what what system is it going to be? As it relates to Green, he's the unique guy because not many people know about him. But if you flip on the film, you see a few of the really interesting things that teams want. Uh, his In 2022, he had a 91-yard touchdown run. I mean, that kid can float down the sidelines. He's 6'6", 220. He could run. And he's still, you know, he's developing as a passer. He has some moments. He was like 11 touchdowns, nine picks this year. But he had nine rushing touchdowns, averaged 5.6 yards carry. That's an athlete. What can he do with SEC players around him? Still taking on SEC guys, too, at Arkansas. He might be the most unique kid coming into the SEC for 24. They just have to find a way to make sure they support him. Like the offensive line this year at Arkansas, they struggle. Yeah. Can't have that. I don't care who your quarterback is, John Elway at his prime. But if they can protect him and get the RPA, RPO game going, Arkansas could surprise some teams next year. Yeah, and and I brought up you know Lamar Jackson at Louisville with Petrino. Maybe Taylor oh. Green's not going to be Lamar Jackson, but some there's sure, some sure. elements <laughs> some elements there of the running ability and the throwing ability. So excited to see what what happens there. And by the way, KJ Jefferson rumblings he was entering the portal still hasn't yet, but. Where there's smoke, there's fire, and a lot of t- talk of maybe going to South Carolina, where Dole Loggins is, you know, uh, who's the OC there at South Carolina. He was there at Arkansas, so we'll see what happens with KJ. But you, you read the writing on the wall, Brian. If Taylor Green's coming in, it probably means Jefferson's on. KJ's leaving. Yeah, you're not going to jump to a school if the incumbent is returning and he's, you know, been a career starter there. Yeah, I, I would say it's just a matter of if he gets in today or tomorrow. I mean, it's inevitable though. KJ's going to be in the portal. Yeah, we, we already kind of touched on Blake Shapin coming to Mississippi State as well. Um, Dylan Gabriel leaving Oklahoma, the only reason we mention that is 
Oklahoma is going to be in the SEC next year, and Dylan Gabriel will not. Sounds like uh, it's going to be Jackson Arnold, the guy moving forward next year at, at Oklahoma. Um, give me a quick thought on some of these other guys who are in the portal and any potential SEC schools. We know Auburn absolutely needs to be in the in the quarterback uh, portal, but you know <laughs> v- Vanderbilt loses both of their guys. Uh, you know, Florida, we'll, yeah. we'll see. They're sticking with Graham Mertz. But, you know, some of these schools that, that are going to be turning the page looking for a new quarterback, we've got Kyle McCord, Cameron Ward, Riley Leonard, Tyler Van Dyke. Any of those guys potential to come to the SEC next year? It's possible. Cameron Ward, it, this is the most important thing. If you take nothing else from this podcast, take this. Where he goes and when he goes changes everything for all schools, whether they want to admit it or not. He's top of the board for many programs. I've heard Ohio State, Miami, Florida State, Auburn, Oregon, gazillion schools. Obviously, Oregon has their quarterback now and Gabriel. But if he decides later, if you're a school that really needs a quarterback like Auburn, how long do you wait? Because while he's waiting on making his decision, the other guy's coming off the board. Um, Cam Ward's going to be at Miami today. Uh, Will Howard was at Miami yesterday. Those kids, I expect to visit several of the SEC schools or at least have conversations, Auburn being potential fits for either one of those. I don't know where some of these kids are going to visit. It kind of pops up. It's like in recruiting, I know the kids. I can call their coach, this, that, or the other. I don't have a relationship with some kid that just played in Washington State. It's it's wild. It's why it's so so difficult to follow the portal. It's not the same kind of info. And it, something in an hour can happen, and an hour and a half after that, that kid's going to that school, and I didn't get any of it. But, yeah, there's a big deal with Ward. If he can figure it out this week, it benefits all of the guys in my industry, I can assure you that, because we're chasing him, and then it'll fall in line from there. So I'm curious. Will Howard's the other one, too. Don't sleep on him. The Kansas State quarterback, he's really talented. Big guy, too, 240 pounds that can run. I think he's probably the second most coveted. Riley Leonard's probably headed to Notre Dame. Who uh, who of, of any of the quarterbacks out there, I mean, and it's nothing against Peyton Thorne, but just was a little bit of a dud. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a dud at Auburn this year, and, and him and Robbie Ashford, they were they were okay, but clearly Auburn needs a, an upgrade. I mean, it, who do you think of all the names out there would fit Hugh Freeze's system the best? Well, Ward, flat out, I mean, he is a plug-and-play, and that system would be dynamic. Um, I think Howard would fit pretty well. Van Dyke. Uh, he's visiting Wisconsin this past weekend. So I think he's more of a pocket guy. I don't think he fits Auburn, but if they don't get Leonard Ward or Howard and green's already off the board, where does Auburn go? That's, that's my question. Uh, KJ Jefferson, as goofy as it sounds, I wouldn't be surprised that they made an overture there. Cause at least he fits that. Yep. He's a truck at 250 pounds and you freeze is a tremendous play caller. That would be intriguing to me. Also, the SEC to SEC West, you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be cool as well. But they they need a mobile quarterback. And I think Thorne's a solid player. I was at the Iron Bowl, definitely a gamer and a kid that can run, but he's not going to consistently beat Georgia, Alabama, LSU, schools like that. And, of course, that's what Auburn's objective is each and every season. Uh, give me – I mentioned a second ago, but obviously Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC um, – what do you know about Jackson Arnold? I've only seen him a couple times, you know, mop-up duty basically this year. But uh, how good can he be next year as the guy at Oklahoma? He has a tremendous upside. He was uh, Elite 11 MVP by the people that run the event. Get out of the Dallas area that was 
exposed to playing at a high level very early in his career. I don't think you're going to be in a situation you can do better with a sophomore than a guy like him because he's prepared for it. He's been around the Oklahoma-Texas rivalry his whole life. I think he's going to be pretty good, and he's another dual threat. But their problem, I think, is more depth. With them naming him, I assume it's kind of known, are they going to be able to get anybody else? And he's a runner. If he gets banged up next year and they're playing in the SEC, that can go south pretty quick. I don't know what else they would have. Um, but as far as him as a thrower, he can throw deep, short, whatever, run RPO. He fits that offense that they were running this past year with Gabriel very, very well. Curious to see if he's ready as a sophomore to take on an SEC schedule. That's not an easy task. And then one quick thought on Texas. I mean, Arch Manning is there waiting in the wings. It was so fun to see him get into, what, uh, was it the Texas Tech game where everybody went nuts because he got in there and threw some passes. But like Quinn Ewers, the reports are he may be coming back next year, and we'll see what happens. Maybe Texas wins the championship this year, and you know maybe Quinn Ewers says, I'm done. But like, what is that dynamic next year with Arch supposedly wanting to be in, in contention for the starter job his second year in college? But if Ewers comes back, he's going to be holding a clipboard, right? Well, he'd be third team if I – the big question is Murphy. Yeah. He's the guy that's technically the reserve, and he played when Quinn was banged up. Does Murphy go in the portal? That's a 6'6", 230, 240-pound kid that can move. I mean, Texas has, you know, we were talking about earlier, you usually have just two guys. Their third guy is freaking a Manning. <laughs> I mean, it's just, they are the exception of the exceptions. So I would assume Murphy would move on if Quinn came back. And if he did, I assume it would be in the spring portal. But, man, the, the desire to go after him would be through the roof. He'd have his option to go wherever he wanted. When, Murphy's from California, so I'd be curious if he'd stick in the SEC or what he would do. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard any rumblings on Manning leaving yet. Uh, I know he got some pretty good NIL money going there. Sark's a quarterback coach, but at some point, you would assume that he would want to be the guy. Yeah, and and look, the Manning seemed pretty like they had a plan all along. I, it feels like yeah. they'll stick this thing out, but – Man, you really want to set off fireworks and get clicks on your website. Have Arch Manning enter the portal and, and see what happens across oh the country. It'll I be... can't even put that into perspective, <laughs> what that would be like. All right, still more to come with Brian Smith. Uh, we are part of the Locked Up Podcast Network covering your team every day. More recruiting talk here in just a sec. But first, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. All of our recruiting uh, episodes and talk pre presented by LinkedIn Jobs. And look, when you are hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. And that's why you got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. They have all the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. A lot of you guys are already on LinkedIn. Go put LinkedIn jobs to work for you. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates to choose from. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of posting their jobs. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, this process is quick and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Go post your job for free terms and conditions apply all right continue on here with our buddy brian smith our recruiting insider and uh brian as we uh get into it again uh the national signing day early signing day coming up in uh just a week and uh sounds like 
you know, some of these teams are putting together some really good classes. Uh, I want to start with Florida. Like, we, we kind of hit on already, but with DJ Lagway and some of these other guys. Uh, give me a little bit on, you know, Billy Napier trying to keep this thing together. Uh, if he keeps a lot of these guys on board, um, I mean, this this could be one of the best Florida signing classes in years because, as we know, Dan Mullen, he didn't like to recruit. So uh, this could be a really special class for, for Napier and company, right? It could, but his concern is getting the staff right. Um, they've obviously had coaching changes or rumors about others. I can't even keep up with it. One of my buddies that covers Florida, a couple of different ones actually, they're, they're a little iffy on what's going on, and they're pretty deep into the program. That's the concern. When you have coaches not on the road, that's not helping recruiting, and it's also difficult to bring in kids. We don't have a position coach sometimes. I mean, they had a defensive lineman that uh, Joey Swackman or something like that from the University of Pennsylvania. They didn't have a D-line coach at the time when he visited. That's hard. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the problems, like why they're losing defensive linemen, et cetera. This is an awkward spot. I really don't see how they're going to stay in the top 10 unless something changes here. There's another weekend to go. Maybe they bring in some other guys, but this might be a, a portal year for them, especially the spring edition after they get their staff together and they say, okay, we want this, this scheme we're going to run, et cetera. Right now their recruiting class is headed in the wrong direction. What's crazy is, Brian, I, I can't remember this point, and you know, I've been keeping up with recruiting for many years, this point, this close to signing day, and I'm going through the 24-7 composite rankings, and so many kids have already picked their schools. Now, maybe this is the day and age of NIL that kids are just – but, like, I, I was going through even the top 100, there's only, like, three or four kids that aren't – committed you know so will we see more flips this year than we've seen in years past because so many kids have already made that verbal pledge to a school i think that is a very good point and a great question all in the same phrase here's why i know there's a couple of kids and i'm not going to get into specifics but they're just looking for the nil payout they're willing to flip some of it's sec involved some other school or other conferences but that's part of it. And there are a few players that are committed to other schools, like Jeremiah Smith is still looking at Florida. He's arguably the best player in the country. He's who I think is. He's the receiver from Shamanah Madonna in South Florida. But at the same time, I, I understand. Like some of this money that's getting thrown around changes things. So, yeah, I would expect out of the top 50 kids, five to eight of them will flip between now and signing day. You know, And some of them will be kids I don't even expect. But with the NIL and everything, this is a new – New demographic, we're kind of guessing. Like, you know, somebody offers your family an extra $100,000, I understand. So, <laughs> and then the coaching changes. A lot of these kids, I, I tell people this all the time. They don't like to hear it, but it's true. They don't pick the moniker on the shirt that says school, whatever, Arkansas, Florida State, whatever. They pick the coach that's wearing that shirt. Yep. And that coach gets and leaves. You know, he takes a coordinator job, heads the NFL, whatever. Relationship is is over, school's in trouble. A lot of these coaches are moving right now, so there could be some last-minute decisions based on that as well. Yeah, it's funny how it works out. Somebody was telling me recently, it's like the two- and the three-star kids, they grow up, you know, the team they grew up loving and, and wanting to play for, it's their dream. They don't care who the coach is. They don't care what the system is. The four- and five-stars, it's all about the NIL, who the coach is, what system are you running, can I play immediately? Like, it's it's just a different dynamic for the higher <laughs> stars than it is the lower stars. There's a couple of guys uh, that are, you know, undecided in the top 
in the top 100 I was looking at, but it sounds like they have a pretty good idea of where they're leaning. Uh, I'll just run through a couple of them. Safety, Kobe Black, sounds like he's leaning Texas. Wide receiver, Courtney Crutchfield, leaning Mizzou. And safety, uh, Xavier Mincy, leaning to Florida. Uh, you know anything about any of those guys, and does it sound like that's where they might all be ending up? Mincy's the kid that I know out of that group personally, and even though I know him, been to see him play many times, etc., I wouldn't put a nickel on where he's going because Florida fired the DB coach. Yeah. And that's the guy that he, like, I know face-to-face conversation, that was a major reason he was thinking about Florida. I mean, he's not announcing where he's going until the All-Star game in San Antonio in early January. Um, But, I mean, I have no idea. I assume he's going to still sign on the 20th and keep it quiet. But, man, that's Miami's still after him. Alabama's still after him. Uh, Florida State, that's a wild recruitment. Uh, but that that's kind of what we were just talking about. NIL's going to get thrown around. He's a 6'2 corner. Look, there aren't many of those guys walking around. And uh, he's got an offer from pretty much everybody. Nick Saban really wants it. What does that tell you? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're good. So, yeah, these kind of recruitments at the end, they're really hard to pick really really hard speaking of Alabama I just I find it funny they're sitting there at number four right now in the composite rankings and you know 21 commits um man the the one thing you know when we're getting this debate on who makes the playoff and you know is it the four most deserving is it the four best and people I, I say every year Alabama's always one of the best they recruit the best the last four years, they've had either the number one or number two recruiting class. They always recruit the best. So I say all that to say, seeing Bama at four, I mean, is this a simple thing where when, it, we're, all, when we're all said and done here, you know, post-early uh, signing day, that Bama ends up one or two? It's very possible. They're still trying to flip some kids, and there are kids that quite honestly, like Ryan Williams moving into the class, how he's evaluated in the final rankings is going to be a part of that. I would put him in the top 10, even though he moved up a class. Now, I've had the pleasure of seeing him several times, but like I'm telling you, this is a difference maker, plug and play kind of guy that's a human joystick. So Alabama, if they just add one or two more guys, I think Georgia finishes number one. Ohio State, if they sign Jeremiah Smith, will be two. But Alabama should at least move up to the number three spot. And if Jeremiah Smith doesn't go to Ohio State, Alabama could end up number two. One more for you, just uh, looking at LSU. Brian Kelly's been doing a good job there. They got some big-time playmakers, Deshaun McBride, Tredez Green, Jelani Watkins. But uh, LSU winning the Heisman Trophy for the second time in five seasons, how much is that going to help LSU here on the recruiting trail for quarterbacks specifically? Because I get it, Joe Burrow and and, uh, Jaden Daniels were both transfers, but it does feel like LSU can sell to recruits. Dude, you want to win the Heisman, LSU's one of your best chances to do it. Well, I think one of the big reasons that they both did it, if you look at the wide receivers that they were both throwing to, their biggest selling points to wide receiver corps. Right. And almost all those kids were from in-state. Per capita, if you want wide receivers, head to the bayou. It's incredible. They've got Colin Hurley coming in out of Jacksonville, Florida. I know, I know him well. One of the reasons he picked LSU is he knew he was going to be throwing to dudes. It's a good decision. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a great quarterback with a huge arm. I think they'll have an easy time. Again, as you mentioned, this is a second quarterback five years to win the high. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, it's going to help them. 25 class, 26 class. 20. It's something these kids grew up with. Tigers will benefit. 
And that's why the the class of 2025 number one recruiter now, Bryce Underwood, is a lot of people think going to be LSU. Yeah, be interested to see. Yeah, be interested to see how that plays out. He is Brian Smith, our recruiting insider here on Locked On. Uh, Let everybody know where they can find your stuff, man. At FB Scout underscore Florida, um, all over the Locked On Network, I've come on and do podcasts for just about anybody from Oregon to Miami, Ohio State to LSU. Everybody across the country, it's it's a lot of fun. And right now, if you're not entertained with college football, just come on the Locked On Network. You can pick any channel. There's something on the college networks. There's plenty of portal stuff. And, of course, Chris has got you covered here on the SEC site. So, great times. Brian, great stuff as always, man. We'll do it again real soon. Take care, buddy. All right, that's uh, Brian Smith there of uh, our recruiting insider here on Locked On. Appreciate him for uh, jumping on with us. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Keep coming back and checking us out. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest SEC transfer portal news and recruiting. And for your second listen, go check out uh, Locked On. They've launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. For your second listen, go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.